Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hope everybody had a great weekend, and we are getting it rolling again here on Listen Up. You think we have a lot to talk about today, or what? Man, the NFL, we've got the World Series is sent, and uh, the Kings are 0-3. Why don't we start with football, right? You want to start with some NFL football? Uh, The 49ers were manhandled yesterday by the Kansas City Chiefs. They were manhandled. Uh, That second half was absolutely brutal. Brutal. Absolutely brutal what happened in that second half. Uh, you can say all you want about the offense, and we, we can pick on that. But defensively, I mean, good Lord. The Kansas City Chiefs, in that second half, made it look easy. All right, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, the Raiders in a game that they absolutely had to have. They found a way to win. They didn't look great doing it. I still don't think this team is going to win a lot of games this year because defensively, uh, they're not very good. But I'll tell you who is very good. That's Josh Jacobs. I mean, that guy is a just an incredible, incredible running back. And he was really, really good again uh, for Las Vegas yesterday. All right? You've got Green Bay and Tampa that are falling fast. They look lost. They look like they are a – they don't even look anything close to where they were. And while the Packers and Bucks are doing what they're doing, the Seahawks and the Giants have taken their place in the NFC, and they play each other this week in Seattle. Now, the Giants had a couple of very bad injuries on their offensive line yesterday as they lost two starters. So that will have an impact on this team going forward. They lost their uh, number one draft pick, taken seventh overall to, I mean, their right tackle, Evan Neal, all right? So their big right tackle is definitely an issue that's going to hurt this football team. I'm still waiting on the official word. Uh, The Yankees also lost their starting tight end in Bellinger. So, I mean, I know that uh, their left guard is also – you know, a guy that is going to miss a couple of weeks. So we'll see. You know, we'll see. I'm waiting for the official word. But uh, that's going to be an interesting game this week, the Giants and the Seahawks. And, again, I said this on the show I just did with Sean Salisbury. Raise your hand if you had the Giants and the Seahawks in the middle of the NFL season as arguably the biggest game in the NFL. I mean, think about that for a minute. All right? So uh, the Cowboys, to get Dak Prescott back, uh, look good particularly in the second half when they had to, you know, get things going against the Lions. The Chargers, boy, they got manhandled by the Seahawks. And I've been wrong. I was wrong about Geno Smith. That guy, to me, is the best story in the National Football League this year. The Seahawks and Geno Smith, wow. I mean, incredible. You got the Bears tonight and New England. Uh, We've got the World Series with Houston and Philadelphia. And then, again, if you want to talk Kings, we can do that as well as uh, they lost early in the season. All right, let's get the calls rolling right here on this Monday. It's your turn, and we get to Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Grant. How you doing today? How are you? Well, I, I've been better. I'm in the doghouse with my daughter, Nikki, who's the one who takes me golfing all the time in Chico. She calls me on Saturdays, Dad, I need a lock. I need a lock for my uh, 
for my Survivor Series in the football pool. So who do you think I gave her? You needed a lock. Uh, I know what you're saying. Let me think about this real quick. I will say you gave her Tampa Bay. <laughs> Spot. Spot on. She hasn't called, she hasn't called me since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, I did pretty good, huh? That was a pretty good guess, huh? Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, third string quarterback. I, I gave her. I said they just lost their number one running back. They just they're on their third string quarterback. I guess that's why you play the game, like you always say, huh, Greg? That's why you play the game. Absolutely <laughs> correct. Well, let's talk a little bit about my 49ers. I'm, I don't. I, I don't know what to say other than they were doing great. I don't know if they the momentum changed when Jimmy G threw that asinine interception in the end zone and took the win. I just, I don't know. Shanahan. It was a bad, you know what? It was a bad uh, bad throw by him backpedaling and making that pass. It was a very, very poor decision. Right. That did not cost them the game. They no. lost the game because their defense could not stop Kansas City. That's why they lost well, the game. Yeah. I mean, how many times was it third and long? And yep. it brought me back memories of the Super Bowl, third and long, and they hit Hill. And then we lost the Super Bowl, but at third and 20, they get it first down. Third and 15 or third and 11, first down. I, I counted at least three times they had them backed up. And then they hit that 51-yard completion on a third down. And then and then the Niners hold Kelsey pretty much in check. I mean, he had a decent game, but he didn't go off. But then they let a third string, I mean, come on, Hardman take over the game. I mean, he was third to Hill. To Van, uh, to uh, uh, the other receiver last year, Watkins or whoever, but Hardman was like a third string, third option, and he takes over the game. There you go. Well, you know, um, you hit it right on the head. But the, I, again, I, I keep on saying this: Super Bowls are not won in October, and I still like the Niners. I still like them to win the division. I still think they're going to have. I, I, they just need to get bodies back and they integrate McCaffrey into the offense. I still think 49ers are going to be a very tough out come January. I really do. Yeah, he looked, McCaffrey did look good. He did look good. So, uh, and my other thing is our local Chico kid, Aaron Rodgers. Oh my God. Is he just about, is he about ready to throw in the towel or what? He doesn't look good. That's for sure. But I would also say that, the entire team doesn't look good, not just Aaron Rodgers. I mean, defensively, they look terrible. Right. Uh, Grant, doggone it, your six-win Giants. I mean, uh, them and the Seahawks, like you said, got to be the surprise of the year so far. And the Jets aren't too far behind. Yeah, unfortunately, the Jets just lost their uh, young running back. Um, he's out for the year with an ACL. Oh. So that is, yeah, oh. that that's a... Yeah, I know that that's a that's a concern now for the Jets. Um, but hey, injuries are part of the game. You got to deal with them. You know, you got to deal right. with them. Right. Okay. Well, you have a good one. I enjoyed your show earlier today. And, Thank uh, you. And I'll enjoy the rest of the show. And uh, I guess I'll have to do something to make it up to my. She probably can be calling Daddy more for oh. for advice after last week. <laughs> Unbelievable. I know. All right. You take care. See All you. Right, I would have told her Tampa too, you know, absolutely. All right, let's get to Connor. Connor, welcome to the show. How you doing, Connor? I'm doing good. How are you, Grant? Good, Connor. What's up? Yeah, there's a lot to talk about today. Let's start with the negatives. The Yankees, you called it. They get swept. It's embarrassing, especially to the Astros. Yeah, and I, I actually called that back in June. Uh, I, I said that there's no way they would beat the Astros if they played them in the playoffs and then based on what I saw in the previous series against Cleveland, I didn't think they would win a game against Houston. And I thought maybe if they were lucky, they would win one game. They were outclassed in every single aspect, every single aspect. Yeah. I mean, game four was the one game where they actually did get some contact hits and then the pitching was the problem. Yeah. Well, and they, you know, Glaber Torres with a bad toss on what could have been, you know, probably wouldn't have been two, but you certainly would have gotten one out there. And 
Then the Astros scored two runs because of that error, and that was the difference in the game. So, you know, even if the Yankees had won yesterday, they weren't going to win the series. It would have just prolonged the agony by a day. That's all it would have done. Yeah, I mean, this offseason, their goals need to be to sign Judge, get some starting pitching, and let some of these rookies start, like Peraza, Cabrera, and Anthony Volpe in AAA. I think they need to let them play. Listen, if I were the Yankees, I would sign Aaron Judge, too. But I'm going to go on record right now and saying that I think it will be a bad move for the Yankees. Aaron Judge is 30 years old. All right. You're going to give him a 10-year deal at 350 to 400 million. I'm telling you, I'm going to go on record before it happens and say that I think it will be a bad move for the Yankees. All right. So what it means, it's going to be another Albert Pujols deal. If If you're going to give Judge that kind of money, you absolutely have to win at least one World Series before he turns 35 or two to make it worthwhile. That's it. If you don't, it's a bad move. I'm going to go on record and I'm going to say it's going to be a bad move. Yeah, I agree. And then the other bad team, the Kings, how do you give up 89 points in one half, 50 and a quarter with Mike Brown's big defensive specialist? I mean, that's just that can't happen. Well, it it just tells me the team is not ready to play. And I don't want to hear that a team is not ready to play in their first road game of the season in the first week of the season. That's alarming to me. That's alarming to me. Yeah, I mean, again, Fox, Keegan, and Herter have been great. Sabonis and Holmes, I thought, played better against the Warriors, but... They need Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell need to step it up quick. They need everyone to step it up quick, but those two in particular, you know, Sabonis looked a little better yesterday. He was awful against Portland and against the Clippers. This team's not good enough where they can have two or three guys not playing well. You know, they need, they need to be hitting on all cylinders. And, you know, now they take on a Memphis team who's playing Brooklyn tonight. And they have John Morant coming into town on Thursday. No Jaron Jackson Jr., which helps. But, you know, Memphis is still a very good team. And they they give the Kings matchup issues. Yeah, I know you don't like hearing about talk and, like, post-game interviews and stuff. But something that yeah. was really concerning, De'Aaron Fox, after the game, said that it doesn't matter if we're not winning, basically saying that he likes the way the team's playing. They're just not getting the results. I mean – in my opinion, I'd rather have a bad win than a good loss because a win's a win. I would too right now, especially for a franchise that hasn't been in the playoffs in 16 years. You know, um, I do agree with one thing. I mean, I do think this team is talent level is significantly better than it was last year. And I also do believe that the Kings are going to hit their stride sooner rather than later. But the problem is the West is so good that if you find yourself in a deep hole, you're gonna you're not gonna climb out of it. You know, people keep on talking about New Orleans last year. I, I, I wouldn't use New Orleans last year as the best example because that very rarely happens. You know, you're probably not gonna get off to that bad of a start if you're Sacramento and salvage the season. I just don't think that's going to happen. So I think Kings fans need to be very realistic about what they're looking at and what they see in the Western Conference. I mean, two teams that we all thought, and I know I'm speaking for myself, that the Kings had a chance to be significantly better than or at least better than in the standings were Portland and Utah. They're both off the 3-0 and starts. And look at who the Jazz have beat in their three games. I mean, their three wins are unbelievably impressive. Yeah, it's crazy. And then one more thing before I get to the Giants. What did you think? I mean – yeah, they gave up a bunch of points and stuff, and it seemed like Steve Kerr was just going to rest the starters the rest of the game. Then they did start coming back, and they got it to, like, four points. What did you think about yep. Brown having, like, Metu and Lyles out there instead of putting Sabonis and some of the other starters back in at the end? I, I always, like, go with the guys that got you there. And the, the players on the floor were the ones that were responsible for bringing the Kings back. I have no problem with that. I've always I've always agreed with that coaching philosophy. You know, if you have players on the floor that are getting it done and it's working and they have momentum, stay with them. I, I, I had no problem with that. Yeah, I agree. And then 
The New York Giants are six and one underdogs. They win again. Every game is like a one score crazy. I mean, how about that last drive? I mean, flag after flag. But what a stop on that last play to keep Kirk from crossing the goal line. It was incredible. Uh, It was an amazing stop. And, you know, Barkley did what he does, especially in the fourth quarter. You know, the Giants were the benefit of a roughing the passer penalty uh, on Jones when he threw a bad pass. And that was a huge play in the game. Uh, the the Giants still lost two offensive linemen, and that's a big concern moving forward right now. I'm still waiting uh, for the report out of New York, but that's not good. You lose your left guard and you lose Evan Neal, your right tackle. Neal's going to be out for at least a couple of weeks from what I'm understanding. Uh, they hope that it is just an MCL and not anything worse. I, I, I Right before I started the show, I looked for an update and they, I couldn't find one, but those are those are two big concerns moving forward. Yeah, what I saw with Evan Neal is that it's a sprained MCL and he should be out for like three to four weeks, which that, that, is yep. technically good news. But Yes, that would also, be good news. I saw that I saw that yesterday after the game, and then I saw that this morning, but that was before I saw the results of the MRI. So have they uh, – I, I was looking. Are, have you seen results of the MRI? Because I haven't yet. No, I don't think it's been released yet. Yeah. Okay. And then – so. That Cross your fingers. Bellinger was that looked scary. I mean, that could have been. Yep. I think it's like he popped his eye saw. He was like bleeding out of his eye. I mean, that could have been he had like sur- career ending. He had he had surgery today, and he might be lost for the year. Yeah, that's awful. I mean, he was. I'm shocked that they. Blanket. I'm shocked that I'm shocked that he flew home with the team. I read that he accompanied the team back after the game yesterday afternoon. I was shocked when I saw that. Well, that's good news. And they also lost Ben Bredesen, another offensive lineman. But, yep. I mean, I know you said the lineman could be an issue. But, I mean, in the second half against the Jaguars, great rush defense. That's when they really they got the well. going. So. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, no one uh, thought the Giants would be 6-1. and one, And now they play Seattle, the other surprise team in the NFC. So, it's going to be a fun Sunday to watch the Giants and the Seahawks. Yeah, it is. And then one more thing about the NFL. I saw it in the Giants game. I just don't understand roughing the passer. I know this has come up a lot, but I mean, they called it on both teams, but one of them, like Trevor Lawrence, like he tugged his jersey a little and he just fell over. And then one time the Jaguars guy like kind of hit Daniel Jones, but he stayed upright and stuff. Like, what's the rule? And I mean, we need some clarity on that. I, I agree with you. We do need some clarity on that. That's a great question. I, I, I wish I could answer that question because there is no right. There's just no consistency with this anymore. You know, by the way, back to Evan Neal, the results are in uh, the uh, he does not have an ACL. So it is exactly what we were just talking about. Uh, he has an MCL and he is expected to miss four weeks. All right. That's what they're thinking. Four weeks. Bellinger, meanwhile, is going to have surgery. And Brian Dable said that he is out indefinitely, but could come back and play this year. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's really good news on Neil, especially with the bye week coming up. Yep. yep. Right, that's all I big, got. Big, big time. All right. Thanks, bud. Good talking to you, Connor. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's get to uh, some other phone calls. And uh, we uh, check in with Jerry. Jerry, welcome to the show. Good to have you on this Monday. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Grant. How are you, sir? Good, Jerry. Thanks hey, for calling. Hey, Grant. Got a question for you about baseball uh, for the Dodgers and for the Yankees. Now, you know what? What now? Uh, when these teams like build these super teams, Grant? I mean, don't they understand that sometimes it's always not going to work out? I mean, I don't know when, when the last time the Yankees won a World Series. Um, I don't even count the 2020 win for the Dodgers. I mean, uh, Dodgers won it well back in the 80s. 88. Yankees won in 2009. Oh, geez. And Grant, if you were the ownership of the Yankees, would you bring back Brian Cashman? No, I've been saying this for years and years. I wouldn't have brought Brian Cashman back five years ago. I sure as hell wouldn't be bringing him back now. The Yankees need a new direction. They need new leadership, and they need a new way of building their team. I would definitely 100% not bring back Brian Cashman. Grant and the Yankees, they have the biggest baseball payroll, don't they? Or is the uh, I think the Dodgers do, actually. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, and and then 
like the Dodgers winning 111 games, Grant. I mean, that just, I mean, don't you think that falls back on management? You know, it's it's the same story year after year after year with the Dodgers. So I don't understand how a team that talented can be so good in the regular season and then not put it together in the postseason. It's one of the real mystifying things to me. I mean, when you look at the rosters in the National League this year, the Dodgers were head and shoulders above everybody else. But then they lose. You know, not only did they lose to the Padres, they lost to the Padres in four games, they couldn't even make it to a fifth and deciding game. I mean, how alarming is that if you're the Dodgers? I mean, it's ridiculous. Grant, you know, I can understand if the Dodgers didn't have any pitching, just just hitting, but they have everything. I mean, do you think it's just probably mental? I don't know, Jerry. I, I, I know they're asking the same question in Los Angeles. I, I re- don't have the answer to that. I don't think anyone has the answer to that, other than the fact that it is you know, one of the greatest failures in Major League history to have a regular season that the Dodgers just had. Right. And they don't even make it to the championship round. I mean, that's unbelievable to me. Grant, one more thing, sir. Uh, how do you feel about the Niners uh, against the Rams next week? I think the Niners will win. I, I like the Niners matchup against the Rams. I think the Niners have owned the Rams. Uh, they beat them, what, three weeks ago pretty soundly. And I think they will beat them again. And that place will once again be filled with 49er fans. It will be almost like a home game for the 49ers. Do we um, do we know if they're going to get some more of their uh, starters back? or? We'll know more on Wednesday. That's when they release their first injury report. I got you, sir. Well, Grant, thanks again. Have a good day, Grant. Jerry, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, all right. If you want to get in on the program, uh, all you got to do is hit your hand icon, uh, raise your hand. Uh, and we will do it. World Series begins coming up on Friday and game one with Philadelphia and Houston. Is there anybody that, other than Phillies fans, that's not rooting for Dusty Baker? What a story. What an incredible story. All right, let's move along. We got to uh, get to some more phone calls. All you got to do is hit your hand icon. And we'll put you right up on stage with me like Brian. Hey, Brian, welcome. How are you? I'm I'm good, Grant. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you. Good, good. In regards to the Kings, you know, reading through some social media and stuff, too many Kings resort to the what if game. Like what if the, you know what I mean? And if if your intention is to be a playoff team, you're not going to have it all lined up every single night. You just have to figure out a way to win these games. And we should be one and two at a minimum right here with our roster yep. and everything. And losing one of those two home games is just, it, it's inexcusable. And we just got to get over. We as we, as Kings fans, it's never going to line up perfectly. You know, you just got to figure out a way to win these games. And I know that's kind of a, you know, simplistic way to say it, but that's what good teams do and teams that are competing. And, you know, it's always something with the Kings. You know, the first two games is the free throws. Last night, uh, it's, you know, the the, the the horrendous defense. And it just gets old. You know what I mean? It's just figure out a way, be a professional, and get it done. Yeah, when you allow uh, 50 points in a quarter and 89 points and a half, that just shows you're not really out there trying and your head's not in the game. And I don't understand how that can be in the first week of the season. And you got to stop making excuses for this franchise. It is a bottom line business. That's why they have the standings for. Okay. I don't give That's a damn how right. you do in pra- I don't care how you do in practice. I don't care if you get screwed by a bad call. You know, you got to persevere and figure out a way, as you said, to win games. And I'm with you. The Kings should be at the worst one and two right now. They shouldn't be 0-3. And, and you know, again, there's a huge difference between one and two and 0 and three. If you're one and two and you win your next game, you're five hundred. If you're 0-3 and you win your next game, you're still two games under 500. There's a big difference. Yeah, no, and, and like any sport, you know, you want to hover and just stay relevant early on if you can and not get buried. And as you've alluded to, the West is too deep, too talented, and the Kings are not good enough to not beat the teams they're supposed to beat. And, and you know, now if we get one of these two, which is not uh, – a a guarantee by any stretch of the means, then we're, you know, one in, you know, one in four. So, uh, you know, what's also mystifying is, you know, 
every year it's been the defense, uh, you know, lack of defense. But the Kings have had decent turnover with players and everything and new coaches and everything. So what's puzzling is it the leaders of this, like Fox and, you know, the core that are not setting the precedent as far – I know, I you know, fo- let me rephrase that. Fox prior to this year because I think other than the first game and the turnovers, Fox has played fantastic. If we get that version of Fox this year – and, and things turn around, then I, you know, I'm very optimistic. Uh, but in terms of the defense you have here with the turnover, what's your thoughts on that? Is it just the culture? What What do you think on that? That's a great question. Um, I, I think that the organization is flawed for, at the top with ownership. So I think it starts there. Uh, but they don't really have a lot of good individual defenders. And I think it's very difficult to be a very good defensive team if you don't have good individual defenders. And you know, this team does not have a lot of good individual defenders. And I think that's the biggest issue. And they haven't, you know, over the years. So I think there's a combination of, of a couple of things. The thing is, when I look at this team talent-wise, Kevin Herter is really good. As you said, Fox is having a really good year. Sabonis, I know, is a really good player, but he hasn't played like it. Harrison Barnes has been awful. I mean, yeah, uh, Davian Mitchell offensively has been awful. Malik Monk has not been good. I mean, you've got players that you've seen before that can play and play at a much better level, and they're not. Rashawn Holmes has not been good. I mean, I can go right on down the list. There are too many guys on the roster right now that are not playing good. Now, let's just hypothetically say that you get Fox. I'm only going to pick four guys out. I'm not even going to pick Keegan Murray. If you got Fox, Herter, Barnes and Sabonis all playing the way they're capable of on most nights, you're going to win a lot of games. But that that hasn't happened in the first three games. Yeah. You know, as we spoke one time after one of the games on your after post-game shows, uh, it, I believe it's after the Clipper game, Sabonis, obviously the big disappointment in the first two games, obviously played better last night. Yep. But if you get uh, uh, a good version of Sabonis, we probably win one of those first two games outside the, you know, the despicable free throw percentage in those. But yeah, he needs to play better. I mean, he's our all-star. He's, you know, he was the guy yep. we traded for. So we need him to really step it up and, and show his value. So, yeah. And again, I, you can't really evaluate a trade for three years, but Tyrese Halliburton is already off to a very good start for the Pacers. All right. And he is uh, a player that appears to be, that guy. And so, you know, again, we talk about trades. Do they work out or do they not work out again? I think you need two or three years to evaluate a trade, but there's also a lot of pressure on the Kings and Sabonis because Sabonis after next season is an unrestricted free agent. And boy, if you lose him, then you're really screwed. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then separate from all the team talk through, through the first couple games, uh, the rookie, man, he looks really, really good. I mean, Keegan Murray cool, looks good. Smooth. Yep. He looks really, really yep. good. So that, yep. you know, silver lining is lining positive there. It's been fun to watch him in two games. So well, it we'll sure see. has. He does look really good. No question. All right. Thanks, Thanks buddy. Appreciate it. Yep. Take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know, again, when you look at the Kings' talent level, but, you know, we just talked about the Dodgers' talent. You know, they, they didn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs this year. So, you know, talent is one thing, putting them all together and playing with confidence. And But, you know, Fox has done his job. Herder, for the most part, has done his job. Keegan Murray in two games has done his job. 
Where's Harrison Barnes? Where's Sabonis? Where's Mitchell? You know, it's a team game. So you really hope that today's practice, tomorrow and Wednesday, the Kings are going to have three practices. I would assume they're going to have three practices. I, I don't know what their practice schedule is, but could you give the guys a day off today? You could, but I, I wouldn't. Um, I mean, I, I guess you could. You could have a film session today and go light because you just had a back-to-back. I, that would make sense. I could see the Kings today, you know, obviously they were already there, having a film session and going very light and then having good practices tomorrow uh, and Wednesday. That should help. You know, that should help. But it didn't help having three weeks of practice leading up to the Portland game. So who the hell knows? I don't know what to think anymore. You know, all I know is what the standings say. And the standings show me that the Kings are 0-3, all right? And they are already three games behind two teams that I thought they had a significant chance of being better than, and that's Utah and Portland. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls, and we say hello to uh, Preston. Preston, thanks very much for calling. How are you, Preston? Doing well, Grant. How about yourself? Good. What's up? Um, I just had a question about, uh, do the Kings usually fly to San Francisco or do they drive like a bus there? They bus this trip. Uh, sometimes they fly, sometimes they bus, but after the how game they, on Saturday night, they bus. How do they decide whether they want to fly or drive there? It's up to the coach. Okay. That's, that's all I wonder. Cause I, I know that, uh, that they, I know that they have flown. I just wasn't sure if. It, it's never made any sense to me, and I've, I've been part of that for many, many years. It never made sense to me why the Kings flew to play the Warriors. To me, it's a waste of money. And we always hear about franchises, you know, talking about their bottom line. It's never made sense to me. It's actually quicker to take a bus than it is to fly. Like, yeah. it's never made sense to me why you would fly to play the Warriors. I mean yeah. – even when they played and when they were in Oakland, they used to fly down there most of the time. It's huh. longer. It's it's longer to fly by the time you get to the airport, get on the plane, load the plane, taxi out, fly, you know, and then, by the way, get on the bus at the airport to go to your hotel. It's longer than just getting on the bus from Sacramento. It's never made yeah. sense to me. I wonder if the Nets do the same thing with the Knicks. Are you kidding me or what? You're joking, right? No, I'm, I'm honestly just wondering. <laughs> if the Nets, if the Nets, wait a minute, maybe I misunderstood you. Ask that question again. Uh, I wondered if, like, since the Nets and the Knicks are so close together, I wondered if they do the same thing as far as flying or driving to the, to the arenas. You realize that the Nets and the Knicks play about five miles apart, right? No, I, I mean, I didn't know how far, I didn't know how far they were. Okay, well, I mean, you I know what, it would be, it, it would be, it, it would be closer than going from Sacramento to Elk Grove, all right? So, no, they're not flying to play each other. Come on now. Okay, all right. That's... <laughs> all right, you, okay, here's your homework you. assignment. Here, whoa, whoa, whoa. Here's your homework assignment for the next show, all right? Here's your homework yeah. assignment. I want you to Google a New York City map, all right? And I want you to look at where Manhattan is on the map. And I want you to look at where Brooklyn is on the map. Okay. And then I want you to let me know if you still think that they would fly to play one another. Okay. (laughs) All right. All right. See you. Good Lord. Wow. You could take a helicopter. You know, you could have a chopper. You you can go, you can take a helicopter from JFK into Manhattan. Takes about five minutes. Unbelievable. Go look at the Barclays, Barclays Center on, uh, in Brooklyn and see how far that is from Madison Square Garden in midtown Manhattan. What is that about? Five to seven miles total distance? Yeah. So the uh, Nets, when they go play the Knicks, they're going to drive to the closest airport, which is 20 minutes. Right. Then (laughs) they're going to fly from Kennedy Airport. Now, you can make your pick here. You can either fly into LaGuardia or or Newark. 
So your flight from JFK to LaGuardia, wheels up to wheels down, would be about 90 seconds, all right? So you can fly from Kennedy to LaGuardia on a 90-second flight with an altitude of about 3,000 feet. You get a good view if you're sitting on the left of City Field and the United States National Tennis Center, all right? And then you would get off the plane, get on your chartered buses, and if you're lucky, get into Manhattan within 30 minutes to go play the next. That'd be a good... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Preston, listen, I, I'm sorry if I'm making fun of you, but I've been doing this line of work for a long time, and that is maybe at the very top of my list for very unexpected questions <laughs> that I, I got. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Anyway, back to the original question, uh, the Kings did bus to the game. And I would say that after the game on Saturday, the distance from the arena to their downtown San Francisco hotel was 90 minutes. If they had flown, it would have taken from the time they left the arena to their downtown hotel a minimum, a minimum of 90 minutes and probably closer to two hours. There you have it. I think I'm going to send a email to uh, both the Knicks and the Nets and ask them if there are any plans of flying to their respective road games when they play one another. There you have it. All right. Uh, let's get to Waggus right here on Listen Up. Hey, Waggus. Grant, how are you? I'm hanging in there, buddy. I'm not, I'm I'm trying to recover from that from Preston. You know, I don't want to make Preston feel too bad, but come on. Yeah, I, I think I think he genuinely did not know how far the, a distance yes. was. Uh, yeah, but I, I believe that's accurate. But you know, Grant, I saw the other day online that you know Dubai's got these air taxis. So maybe once they come around, maybe then you can see them. You know, getting taxis. Yeah, you. Yeah, you could get an air taxi. Uh, absolutely, that is that is something that could. Good work. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, nothing much. Obviously, the knife just gets deeper and deeper with the Kings. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, I really don't care about the wins or losses. You know, and I understand it was a back-to-back -back game, but there's just no effort. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what the solution is. I, I, was, I, was, I was listening to your YouTube show earlier, and somebody mentioned the Pelicans. Well, the Pelicans had talent on their team. Um, and effort, like McCollum, like proven guys that went out there and played hard, right? Uh, and Brandon Ingram. Now, I understand they started 1-18, but I, I just don't see it with this team. I really no. don't. I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, one thing I'll say, because I know me and you kind of went back and forth when the Giants went 2-0, right? But the just yep. the feeling was just different, right? Totally Man, different. Yeah, it's not a bad 2-0. It's like a good 2-0. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And, and these losses, uh, they've just been bad. And, and but, but one thing I want to say, though, is, and I, and I felt like we had a great opportunity on Saturday night to win, and I forgot to ask you, why is Kawhi Leonard on the second game of the year? Is it's a joke. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> same, same, same with John Wall. It's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah. Uh, it's an absolute joke. I I don't get it. I really don't. I don't understand it. Uh, makes no sense to me. But you know, even with so so, think about that. You're the Kings. You're at home. You had a bad loss, forty eight hours early to Portland, and you're taking on a team that comes in without Kawhi Leonard and John Wall, and you still lose. That's awful. That's that's terrible. So really, you know, if you're the Kings, you could not have had the table set any better to get a win than that game. And I'm not saying that Paul George and the other players on the team are chopped liver. I mean, George was great. He had 40 points. But what I am saying is, you know, out of those first two games, Portland and the Clippers without those two players, you should have at least had one win. That was very disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah. And I just want to let you know, I think this was on Friday, your whole mini rant about practice reminds me of Allen Iverson. <laughs> a little bit. Okay. I don't want to hear about practice. Sorry, I, I mean, but you know what, Waggus? 
I mean, do I really care what the hell goes on in King's practice? Do I have to hear it from the announcers or the members of the media about how good they look in practice? What the hell difference does that make? Who cares how they look in practice? It doesn't mean anything. You know, again, you don't pick up the paper in the morning and you have, you know, the standings of how you did in practice the day before. No one gives a damn. Yep. And I will say this. Um, it's the equivalent of somebody showing like a QB showing good passes in the preseason. Like that really doesn't matter to me. Man, it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. So. Nope. So uh, the Niners, I'll say this, right? Obviously, our defense got killed. Um, one thing I've seen from Garoppolo, though, he was under pressure all game. His ability to, you know, you know, people say he can't pass the ball, which is obviously untrue. I mean, he may not be like Mahomes, but the guy can definitely move the uh, ball down the field, right? And and yep. in these past two games, he's been able to. I just think we we just never never able to pressure Mahomes, and um, and I think that injury to Mosley is looking big and big every day right now. Remember, uh, too. Oh boy. Yeah. Yep. But I still think that they they will figure it out. But I wanted to ask you now, now that you know. It was four or five weeks ago. We had this talk about you know you're not believing in the Giants. Well, now they're six and one, okay? And and I and I don't want the fan Grand Napier. I, I I want I want somebody completely objective. Who do you think it is going to continue and make the playoff? Giants, Seahawks, or Jets? Who do you think is going to? Uh, I'll say the Seahawks because they're in a much easier division than the Giants. The Giants still have to play Philadelphia twice. And they have to play at Dallas on Thanksgiving. And they still have to play Washington twice, which, you know, again, look at what they did yesterday. But uh, I'll say Seattle because they're in an easier division. They had a much easier division than the Giants. So for that reason, I would take Seattle over the Giants. So you have no faith in the Rams this year, then, huh? I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I, I, I know talent-wise I should, but they look lost to me. They look lost. And this game coming up Sunday is a huge game, this rematch with the 49ers. Yeah, and, and it's actually a big game for the Niners as well because that will give them yes, it is. 3 and 3-0, right? And you, you don't want to lose. Yep. I mean, 3-0 and in the division. Okay, well, um, I just think the way that he's got his guys playing, I'm talking about the Giants, right? Yep. It, I mean, they're just together. I mean, it's just like – it's just like they just believe <laughs> that they're yes, going to they win the game. <laughs> and, and, and they're actually pulling out wins uh, that, uh, you know, I, I, I thought Jacksonville was going to pull out. But, you know, Jacksonville, that team's a good team. They're, they're, I really think that they're right there. Maybe maybe this is not the year, uh, but I do see them coming. So, Okay, here's the issue with the Giants, and I know I've been pretty down on them, but, you know, I, I do acknowledge they're 6-1, and one, and I didn't think they would be 6-1. and one. So – they have some very winnable games at home after this game against Seattle. They play the Texans at home. They should win that game, right? They have the Lions at home. They should win that game, okay? Then they're at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I'm going to say they're going to lose that game. Uh, then they have the Commanders at home, should win. Eagles at home, lose. At Washington, toss-up. At Minnesota, loss. Home against the Colts, win. At Philly, loss. So they have six wins. So what I just said there, right there, seven against Texans, eight against the Lions, split with Washington nine, beat the Colts, that's 10 wins. So to me, there's 10 wins at least on the schedule. I don't know if Philly will have it a game. That game at the end of the year on January 8th is at Philly. Philly may have nothing to play for on that game and not play anybody, and the Giants could go in there and win that game. So, you know, a lot depends on the schedule. But the Giants lost two offensive linemen and they're starting tight end yesterday. That's going to have an impact on them. I This Seattle game, cross-country, Seahawks playing well, that's going to be a very challenging game for the Giants. And 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 it's tough to play up in Seattle. Um, I think everybody oh boy. knows that. Um, yep. so, so would you say, uh, because I, I, I do agree with you, I, I think Philly's got the number one seed locked up. So would you say, okay, fine, let's just say that they're going to have 10 wins, right? And let's say if they're able to pull out two more, right, one to two more, do you think 12 wins gets you the second seed this year? Yes, I do think 12 seed, 12 win, yes, absolutely. So basically, I mean, Giants would just yes, need 12, to, yeah, okay. 12 would, 12 would get you the second seed, yes. So basically well, what you're I telling should, me. I should, excuse yeah, me, yeah. I need yeah. to back that up. 
You don't okay. get the your divisional winners are your first four seeds. Oh, that's right. Okay, never mind. So I, I, I'm I sorry. I'm I'm thinking about yeah. I'm thinking about your question differently. Your divisional winners are your top four seeds, and then your they, you could if if the Giants win twelve games this year, and Philadelphia wins fifteen or fourteen, it doesn't matter. The Giants would at the best be a fifth seed. Yeah, uh, I apologize. Uh, I I always hated that, but you you are absolutely correct. Okay. Okay, so but there's no way you see them overtaking the Eagles. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, I mean objectively speaking. Okay, when I look at Philadelphia play, and I look at the Giants play, the Eagles are significantly better than the Giants. Significantly, not not just a little bit. Significantly. Okay. Okay. Then. Okay. Let's just save all these three teams: Jets, Giants. And, you know, the Seahawks make it to the playoffs, right? Which nobody had them and feel like right. great coaching has been on, 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 on all three of them, right? Um, you know, it, it's been really good coaching. Who do you think then, let's just say, you know, they all make it and they're all a first-round exit. Who do you think deserves a coach of the year then? Well, I think the winner of this Sunday's game will have a lot to do with that. It would be very difficult if both the Giants and the Seahawks make the playoffs to give the team that loses this game their coach, the coach of the year over the team that beat them, right? Now, I know it's in Seattle, but the reality is if you're voting and you have both the Seahawks and the Giants as wild cards or both playoff teams, or if Seattle should win the division, that would also trump the Giants being a wild card. But if the Giants and the Seahawks both make the playoffs, to me, the coach of the year in the NFC would go to the winner of the game in the head-to-head competition. That's how I would do it. And also, now I, I hope, and nor do I think, that the Seahawks are going to win the division. But if they do, this could be a rematch in the playoffs, too. Yes, it could. Yeah, so. Yep. Should, All right, buddy. Good hearing from you. Fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. yep. You take care. Have a good rest of the day. All right. Let's move along. And, um, again, if you want to get in on the program, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will do it. Here's the schedule. Uh, I will be coming your way at 4 o'clock Pacific every day this week, right here on Listen Up. Wednesday, I will have my YouTube live show with Jerry Reynolds at 3 o'clock Pacific. Looking at a time for Sean on Friday because of the World Series. And so I may have to adjust a show with Sean but we'll adjust if we have to adjust, all right? If we have to do a show on Thursday, we'll do a show on Thursday, but we'll make it work, all right? We, Sean is, you know, the morning host of the flagship station of the Houston Astros. They're in the World Series, so that is his bread and butter uh, coming up for the next uh, seven to ten days. So we have to acknowledge that, all right? But don't forget, coming up your way on Wednesday, Jerry Reynolds at 3 o'clock. And we'll dissect everything that's happened to Sacramento uh, in the first three games. As I said, Memphis plays tonight against Brooklyn. And then their next game will be at Sacramento. So we'll keep an eye on the game tonight. Uh, In the NBA tonight, uh, Utah will go for their fourth win in a row as they play at Houston. uh, And Denver will try to hand Portland their first loss of the year up in the Pacific Northwest. So a couple of interesting games. Uh, Indiana is at Philadelphia. Philly is leading 36 to 27. Toronto is at Miami, Orlando, New York. Both those games have just started. Boston at Chicago, Utah at Houston. Uh, Brooklyn is at Memphis. San Antonio is at Minnesota. And Denver is at Portland. That is your NBA schedule for tonight. All right, let's get to uh, John right here on Listen App. John, how are you today? Doing all right, Grant. How are you? I'm good, buddy. What's happening? Oh, man, you kind of mentioned everything that's happening. Um, go Astros, for one. I mean, who is not rooting for Dusty Baker? I know there's got to be a handful, including it was myself a few years ago, who were hating the Astros for, you know, the cheating scandal and so forth. But that, you know, yep. they were still a good team back then. No, I'm not sitting here saying they – would have lost anyways during all that thing. They're just a good team with good pitching. They put the ball in play and Dusty Baker is, he's a true professional. He's a really, you know, likable guy. 
Dusty's the best. I've never met anyone that doesn't like Dusty Baker. I've known Dusty for 25 years, and he's the real deal. He's a great, great guy. I've met him two or three three times at Kings games, all three of them, and every time he was likable, and he would talk to you. He he would have a conversation with you. He's just a nice, an all-around decent individual. And, you know, and, you know, he was a Giants coach. He played for the Dodgers. I mean, all kind. His resume just goes. No, he's great. He's great. Everyone loves the guy. Everyone loves him. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. Really happy for him. Yep. Yep. Uh, That's the baseball I wanted to say. You know, go, obviously, go Astros. Football, man, what? I didn't get to see a lot of it firsthand. I was at this music festival. But, um. Man, what a lot of fun games. What a lot of fun games. And the NFC East, no more NFC least. You know, who who would have thought four, five, six weeks ago we would be saying that, well, the NFC East is a better division than the NFC West. Yeah. Nobody would have said that. And now we're you know talking about Seattle and the Giants game coming up. That's going to be one com- compelling game. And those two divisions – polar opposites of each other it seems like now it's man the parody in football makes it so fun it's going to be great john um i always enjoy hearing from you buddy and i hope that uh, you have a great week all right thanks very much and you know you got to get your priorities straight john you know you're going to you're going to you're going to music festivals instead of watching the nfl john i'm a little disappointed in you i got to be honest with you well, I understand that, Grant, but keep the wife happy. Hey, you're the best. You know, though, right? Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, All right, man. Uh, you take care. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right. <laughs> Love, Charlie. Right, oh, my God. Always great conversations. All right. Uh, we're going to be back tomorrow at four o'clock. All right. And. We will continue this conversation, and I'm hoping Preston, Preston, I appreciate your call, buddy, but I'm really hoping you do your homework tonight. I want you to Google Maps, or you can just put in Barclay Center to Madison Square Garden, all right? And you can then figure out whether the best way would be to fly when you're playing the Knicks or when the Knicks are playing Brooklyn. Now, I would say that if you could get a helicopter, that might be the best way to go. You go right over the... East River from, you know, get on one of the helipads at one of the skyscrapers next to Madison Square Garden. And you could take a helicopter and I'm sure there's got to be a landing spot on one of the buildings somewhere in Brooklyn. I don't know where that would be. I'm trying to think of the Barclays Center. You can't land a chopper on top of the Barclays Center. But in the area around Brooklyn, there's got to be a helipad somewhere. So you could do that, Preston. You could do that, buddy. But flying, no, I don't think so. And Wagga said, you know, they're getting these new uh, air taxis. That that might be uh, something you could do. But I don't believe that those are available right now. But, yeah, so that's your homework tonight, Preston. I want you to do that for me. All right, good show today. I really appreciate everybody. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock Pacific. Until then, so long, everybody.